Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Seen It All, where we discuss the biggest movie and TV news of the week. We are here to break it all down for you. Now let's get started with our first topic today, and that topic is my knock at the cabin review. As I said last week, I was coming in this film with tempered expectations. I don't know, in Night Shyamalan, he makes some pretty good movies, he makes some pretty bad movies, but I do have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be more of a horror film, but... Most of the kills they cut away from, they don't, there's not much gore, there's not much violence. It felt more like a thriller, which is, I feel like they should have advertised it more like a thriller. And I feel like that is why it's getting some negative reactions from people. People who are expecting a typical horror movie from Night Shyamalan, and it's not. It's more of a thriller making you ask questions. That question mean, would you kill a loved one if it meant you would save the world? What, do you, what would you guys do? I'm still not entirely sure, based off the end of this movie. But it does good, make a good job of making you think in your head, like, what would I do in this situation? And you doubt if any of the characters are telling the truth. The standouts for the movie for me are Dave Bautista and Jonathan Groff, particularly Dave Bautista. He just has gone on to prove he is the best wrestler turned actor. And I think he's going to have an Oscar on his mantle on his he's going to have an Oscar on his mantle one day. I do have some criticism in the movie. It definitely feels longer than it needs to be. The movie's only an hour and 40 minutes, and I think they could have trimmed out another 10 minutes, made this a slick hour and 30 minute movie. And I also have to say, M. Night Shyamalan keeps doing what he did, specifically with the Avatar Last Airbender movie he made, where he gets super in close to the actor's face. And it's really distracting. I really get distracted from it. They show the actors are doing a great job, so that's not pulling me out. It's just, it's a little too close. It's a little too close for me, and it's distracting every time. I also wanted to see more of the apocalypse. They keep describing this apocalypse that's happening, and you really only see it on the news, except for when they go outside at the end. And when they went outside, and I thought that was the best part of the movie because you actually got to see the apocalypse. And I feel like if they showed more of it, it would have been better. But the reason they didn't show the apocalypse is because this had a very, very small budget of $20 because N. Night Shyamalan puts up his own money to fund the film, and he can't do more than $20 because most of it takes place at one location, and they just show the news. So... It's not a very expensive movie, which means it's going to make a lot of money. But still, I wish he would have gotten some studio to put money into it, and he could have taken some constructive criticism from the executives at the movie place, at the movie studios. But ultimately, I really enjoyed my time here. It's definitely not his worst work, but it's also not his best. Um, I think the movie was pretty good, and I'm glad he didn't put a twist on the end. He didn't put a very stupid twist on the end. I thought it made logical sense. And now, let's transition now into our second topic, and this is continuing the Knock at the Cabin discussion, and that's the last weekend's box office. Knock at the Cabin opened number one. It dethroned Avatar. It opened with 14.2 million. Although, even though it dethrones Avatar, this isn't a very big number. It underperformed. It's less than M. Night Shyamalan's last movie, Old. And I think it has to do with this movie, one, it doesn't need to be rated R. It could have been PG-13. And I think people were pretty divisive about the end of the film. Me, I liked the end of the film, but a lot of people didn't like the end of the film. I also think this reflects that Dave Bautista, he can't be a main draw to a film yet, even though I love him so much, but he's just not selling movie tickets. So that's he's going to have to reflect on that. And hopefully he needs, to get, he needs to get a big movie. He needs a big movie. But the picture will still make money. It only costs $20 million, as I said before. So it's, it's on its way to path. It's on the path to profit, profitability. Number two for the weekend was 80 for Brady, which made 12.5 million. It completely overperformed, and it did this by lowering ticket prices across the U.S. It made it matinee prices for the whole day. 
they motivated people from the South and Midwest, specifically older women, to go see the film. And I think this is going to inspire some other distributors to try the same thing. You don't have to have the movie ticket the same price for everything. And it also shows that Tom Brady is here to produce. He's part of Hollywood now. Just like LeBron James, Tom Brady is here. And it also shows that older moviegoers, older moviegoers are coming back. They're coming back finally. And then lastly for the box office this week, number third came in was Avatar The Way of Water, which made $10.8 million, which was only a 29% drop, which is the sixth biggest eighth weekend of all time. Now, folks, this means that it is only $20 million away from Titanic Worldwide. It's closer even at this point than the last I checked. But it's probably going to catch it, even with the Titanic re-release coming this week. And it's probably going to be on to be the third highest grossing film of all time. That means two of the three highest grossing films of all time are Avatar movies. Next topic I have today for you guys is uh, my Last of Us Episode 4 review. Don't worry, there's going to be no spoilers. But let's get right into it. First of all, I have to say, it's very hard to top last week's episode, but this one didn't try to top last week's amazing episode. It took a more familiar approach. It felt a lot more like a video game. And I also have to say, it was set in Kansas City, Missouri, which is my hometown, and it was amazing to see all these familiar locations I knew, such as like Worlds of Fun. Oh, it made me like the episode even more. We love Kansas City representation. And... I do have to say this episode worked really hard to show the bonds formed between Joel and Ellie. That is essential to knowing the characters and maybe love them. Their book of puns. It was amazing. Uh, we do have some new characters that are introduced here that are not in the game, such as Kathleen. I didn't like her character. I don't think the actress portrayed, portrayed her very well. I don't, I couldn't, I didn't really see her as a military leader. She just, she just seemed like a soccer mom to me and I didn't see it. And then but I do love that they're trying to flesh out the bad guys' characters. In the game, it's just guys you have to shoot that are guys that are just attacking at you. But at least they're fleshing it out. And then next week's episode is coming out on Friday instead of Sunday. And they showed an on the next episode spot. And it looks fantastic. And I feel like they could have combined some elements from those episodes and this one to make this one stand out a little bit better. Because this one ended on a major cliffhanger. But I think that next week... They've been, they, this week was all built up, and next week's going to be all that payoff, and I think it's going to be great. Next up today, we have AMC is charging higher prices for seats in the middle of the theater. This is just absolutely ridiculous. They are going to charge $2 extra to the seats that are in the middle of the theater. On the seats that are in the outside and back at the top, those will be the same price, and the seats at the very up front will be about a dollar, $2 cheaper. This provides no incentive for the customers. Some some have been arguing that concerts do this, but this is a movie theater. We are all sitting and watching the same screen. And people are looking for ways to not come back to the movie theaters right now. They're streaming, they can watch whatever they want. We want to be trying to get as many people as possible to come back to the movie theaters and not pushing them away. The customers that you have, you also are price gouging them. You want to keep the customers you have and please them. You don't want to push more and more people away and this is just ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid business decision. And this is going to inspire all the other movie theaters to do the same thing. So soon you'll see Regal doing it, you'll see Cinemark doing it, until everyone will have this type of ticket pricing. So it's just, it's adding classism to the movie theaters. And I don't want classism for the movie theaters. We all are sitting in the same box, looking at the same screen. We all should be paying the same exact price. But I do have to say this won't affect A-list members. So I'm guessing they're trying to get people to do a list i have amc a list and it's a wonderful program but 
I don't think it's making people do this shouldn't come at the cost of charging $2 extra per seat. They're just trying to get more and more money when they don't need it. But it's not really going to affect me when I have the A-list. And also, none of the theaters around me have any reserved seating. So that's one that's one luxury for me. But we still have to stand outside for hours before a film starts so we can get good seats. It's ridiculous. We need some reserved seating. But at least we don't have to pay extra for the middle of the theater. And then I do got some quick quicker news for y'all. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania reactions have come out. And they're all pretty good. They're pretty good. Some are calling it fantastic. Some are thinking it's just okay. I haven't seen a really bad one. A lot of people are saying it's more of a sci-fi, like a mix of Star Wars. And I think this is just, it's looking fantastic. They said Jonathan Majors, who plays the villain, Kang, gives an incredible performance. And I'm ready to see it. He, some people are saying he's better than Thanos. And I'm excited because he's going to be the next big bad for the entire MCU. And I think, I think it's going to pan out just great. They also said the writing of the film was great. I don't know about the directing. I don't know about Peyton Reed as a director, but they said the writing was great. And the writer who wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is also writing the next Avengers film, Avengers King Dynasty. So this gives me a lot of faith in that project. A lot of faith, especially with the director of Shang-Chi coming on. I'm very excited. That's I'm looking forward more to Avengers King Dynasty than I am Secret Wars, especially with all this build up with Kang and stuff. I don't need to see a bunch of multiversal stuff on it. This feels like fan service to me. I like, I want a good story with a good villain, such as Kang. And then I just said, they said the report, the, um, re- excuse me, the reviews are pretty good, but the Rotten Tomato score isn't out. The full reviews aren't out. These are just first reactions. And the first reactions for these MCU movies tend to lean really positive the reactions for multiverse of madness were extremely positive the reactions for thor love and thunder were extremely positive and then you come and then the full reviews come out the week before the movie comes out and it's getting like 60s around tomatoes so i think we should just wait until we the full reviews drop so we can see everybody's criticism criticisms with the film before we go f- saying oh this is the best ant-man film although I don't think that's a high bar to reach. None of the Ant-Man films are particularly my favorite, but I'm still really looking forward to this new Ant-Man film. And then next, the Black Panther Wakanda Forever dropped on Disney Plus on Wednesday, I believe. And it's the biggest Marvel movie ever on Disney Plus. And I think this goes to show the cultural impact this movie has had. People like to say this movie flopped. It didn't. It made almost $900 million. What movie sequel will make $900 million when... The, the star of the film's on it, nor the main character. I think this movie has gone to show just how much people love Marvel and how much they have faith in Ryan Coogler. They really they really made the, the audience feel what all the people behind the movie-making scene were, were feeling. And I feel like since the movie's just so good and everybody talked about it and everybody's it's on Disney Plus now and it just goes to show what type of cultural impact the first Black Panther had and what this one has now. And... I just can't wait. They already said they're working on Black Panther 3. So hopefully this is just, it's just reinvigorating. They just got it. They got to get the ball rolling because I love Shuri's Black Panther. And I think all of y'all should watch it now that it's on Disney Plus for no extra cost. And then the last topic we have today, there was a Disney investor call yesterday, which I listened to the whole thing. And Disney, they started off Bob Iger is back. I'm so glad he's back. I missed you. I miss you, Bob Iger. He's only back for two years, so he's gonna find a quick succession plan. But I'm so glad he's back and Bob Chapek is gone. He was price gouging all the customers. I mean, Bob Iger does it too, but to a lesser extent. But 
right when we started off, Disney announced that they were firing 7,000 employees. And that is just, that is a very high number. That's hard to wrap your brain around how many people's lives are being affected by this. And my heart goes out to all those people. But I do got to say, Disney has about 220,000 employees. And most of the employees that got fired yesterday were hired. I think they hired about 15,000 in the last year because of Bob Chapek just trying to expand, expand, expand Disney+. Plus. And, excuse me. And most of the people that were fired were most likely the people that just got hired. So it's not too much of a big deal, but that's still 7,000 people that got fired. And then right after he did that, he made a Disney Parks announcement for Avatar The Way of Water. Just goes to show you that Disney is invested in the Avatar Way of Water brand. And then they also announced they are making sequels to Toy Story, Frozen, and Zootopia. And I think most of these were trying to distract the the uh, investors from the seven, the big number of 7,000 fired. And first, let's talk about Frozen 3. I am most excited about Frozen 3. I love Frozen 1, and I specifically love Frozen 2. I think they've gotten better and better, and hopefully they get the same directors to return and write, because that just is a great pairing. And I'm very excited for Frozen. That means more merch. Hopefully, that means they'll build like a land in Disney. That's what, in Disney World, that's what we need there. And then second my most excited was definitely Zootopia 2. I feel like if they had made this movie about five years ago, I would have been a lot more excited to hear they're making this, but I'm glad they're finally getting the ball rolling. They're expanding the empire. They already got a land they're building at Disneyland Shanghai. They might be building one in Disney World, so they're showing they're investing in the Zootopia brand. I think there's also some rumors that Zootopia got pushed back with all the Black Lives Matter movement because the whole story is about race relations with using predators and prey. So I think that might have caused a delay, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm just glad they're finally moving on making it. And then lastly is Toy Story 5. Now, I'm a bit skeptical, but um, let me just give you some background. Toy Story 1, I think it's pretty good. It's not my favorite all time. I mean, I wasn't born during that era, so I'm not overly fond of it. Toy Story 2, think it's just i think it's fine as well they're both solid movies toy story 3 i liked the best out of the first three um i remember seeing that when i was about four or five years old and we were all bawling our eyes out thinking they were about to kill all the characters but i thought that was a pretty good send-off to the to the story and then they announced they were making toy story 4 and like everybody i was like but it ended perfectly with three and then i saw four four was just it was a great way to close out woody's character and I thought it, it had a better ending than 3 did. I just loved how it left off our main characters. Now, they announced they're making Toy Story 5. And all of the uproar I've seen on Twitter is that everybody is mad they are keeping on making these films. And, I mean, I get it. But I have faith in Pixar. They made my favorite anime, animated movies of all time, like Soul. And I got faith in them to deliver like they did with Toy Story 4. So, fingers crossed. But, it's I'm not looking crazy forward to it because i thought the story ended so well kind of just feels like they're milking money for it and all these announcements did their job these announcements were here to to bring up the bring up the stock price and to distract people from the number that how many people they fired and it worked um they did their job the proxy war that was going on with nelson pelts and disney he was trying to gain a board seat that proxy war is now over and the disney stock shot up it shot up. I think it went up at 10% or something. So Bob Iger is back. Bob Iger is back. And this makes me so happy. He is here to stay. And I'm very glad about it. All right. Next, we have Spider-Man Noir from 
the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film is getting his own Amazon Prime series. It's going to be live action. And I'm hoping Nick Cage will reprise his role. I love Nick Cage. And then Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who are producers of the animated Spider-Verse films, are going to be serving as producers of this show as well. And this show will be going to Amazon. And it shows Amazon is really getting to the Spider-Verse. They already have uh, um, they have Silk Spider, I think, is in the development right now. So I think Sony's putting their whole Spider-Verse thing, the TV shows, onto Amazon, which I think is really cool. They have enough money for it. And the Amazon has been really investing in their superhero content. They have The Boys. They have Invincible. And now they have this and I think a few other things. So Amazon's here to stay in the superhero game. They might have flooded the market a little bit, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to watch all of it. They made the Lord of the Rings TV show. They're going to make that Tomb Raider TV show. They're making a lot of stuff. They got a lot of money to spend over there at Amazon. And then lastly, um, I do have to address that Yellowstone is losing Kevin Costner. Um, I have never seen Yellowstone myself, but almost my entire family watches Yellowstone. They all love it. And Kevin Costner is the main star of it. So it came out, I think through deadline that he slowly throughout all the seasons, he's cut back on the time he's scheduled to film for the first half of season five, which just finished airing. He filmed for 65 days. And now for the second half of season five, he said he wants to film for a week, just a week. That is not enough time to have to be a main character in the show. And morale had been falling with all the cast members because, I mean, they're all on a hit show. You made it. You're on a hit show. And now the main star is like, eh, I don't want to do it. So the producer, the, the, um, the guy who runs the whole Yellowstone universe, Tyler Sheridan, he said, OK, we're just going to have to do it without you, Kevin Costner. Maybe you can cameo. So season the season, the last season of Yellowstone is going to be season five. And. Kevin Cosner might stick around. I'm not entirely sure, but he wants to go focus on, I'm pretty sure he's making like another cowboy movie that he's writing and producing. So he wants to focus his efforts on that. He's done with Yellowstone, even though he just won a Golden Globe. And Deadline also said that they aren't just going to end the Yellow, these characters. They're going to carry on with most of the supporting characters from Yellowstone into a new show with the lead of Matthew McConaughey, which I think that's a perfect replacement of Kevin Cosner. Perfect replacement. So... Sorry for all y'all Yellowstones out, Yellowstone fans out there. You're losing Kevin Costner. I love Kevin Costner. You're losing him, but at least you're getting Matthew McConaughey. So not too much is going to change. At least I hope not. And then lastly for y'all today, we got the what's coming this week. And starting today, um, Warner Brothers is releasing Magic Mike Last Dance. I think this is the third Magic Mike movie or something. It opens this weekend. Um, I'm not going to be seeing this movie. This movie is not for me. But I do have to say, though, Warner Brothers has done no promotion for this film. They are broke. They have no money to advertise. And as I was saying earlier with 80 for Brady making $12 million, they advertised that movie. They advertised that movie and it made money. And Warner Brothers is not advertising their movies. You got to spend money to make money. And first they had House Party, which only opened in a thousand theaters. Thousand theaters. Warner Brothers had House Party and that film flopped. And now you have Magic Mike Last Dance that you made theatrical and you're not promoting it. I'm pretty sure they've had like one trailer. They're not promoting it at all. They have no money. They should be promoting these films and it's going to flop. I see it flopping. And this gives me pause for the rest of the year. They have an amazing calendar year coming up with all their four DC films. They got Dune releasing. 
And I really hope they have money to advertise all these films. I know they're going to advertise Flash because it's someone who's a Super Bowl, but all the rest of these movies, it doesn't seem like they have enough money to advertise and you need to advertise so the audience knows to come see this movie. So that's coming out this week and I don't think many people are going to go see it. Next, we have a Titanic. I think it's the 40th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. It's They're doing a re-release. The, the original Titanic, Jane Cameron, James Cameron's Titanic. They're doing a re-release in about 2,000 theaters or so. And I think I'm going to try out and get, try to get out and see this movie. I don't know if I have three hours of free time to go see this film, but I'm going to try to do it. I've never seen it in theaters. I've seen it at home on just regular TVs, but I think I'm going to try to go out and see this. I think... Um, this is just a film that needs to be seen on the main screen, on the big screen with, with the ship all cutting in half and stuff. I'm excited. And this is going to just keep up the fight with it and Avatar The Way of Water, where they fight over that third spot in the highest grossing films of all time. And I think this is very smart to release this for Valentine's Day. I think a lot of couples are going to choose this over Magic Mike's Last Dance to go see, because this is just a good Valentine's Day film. And then on streaming, we have the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special, which is out now. And I'm very excited for that. And... Then we also have You Season 4 Part 1. So those both came out today. So you guys should go check that out on, I think, HBO Max and then Netflix, respectively. And yeah, that's all that for for streaming. And then Friday, as I said before, Last of Us, Episode 5. Episode 5. It comes out on Friday instead of Sunday because of the Super Bowl. And I think that's just going to, it's going to blow up. And I think Episode 5 is going to do extremely well from reviewers who have seen it early. So I'm looking very looking forward to that. I think it comes out at the same time. So I think it should be out 8 central time on Friday. And then Sunday, 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 Sunday is the Super Bowl. Chiefs versus Angle, Eagles. We got the Chiefs. Come on, Chiefs. You guys got this. And as I talked about in the last episode, I broke down all the trailers that are coming. And I'm going to have my eyes glued to the TV. They're going to be glued to the TV for four hours. And we're going to be watching all those trailers. And I will be here to break down those trailers on the next episode. All 10 or 11, however many I said there were. So that's it for this coming week. And I just have to say thank you all for joining us for episode two. And please come back next week for, as I said, for a full breakdown of all the Super Bowl trailers. I'll have my review of Last of Us episode five. And I shall also have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania by then, which I am very, very excited for. We're one week away, and I can't wait. All right. Thank you guys again very much, and I hope you all guys have a great day. Bye-bye.